welcome to Season 5, Episode 10 of the Unapologetic Women Podcast. I'm your host, Al Naj, and today we have an enlightening conversation in store for you. Joining me is the incredible Jackie Woodside, a seasoned coach, trainer, former psychotherapist, TED speaker, and an all-round beacon of positive change. Together, we'll explore the art of living unapologetically, emphasizing self-compassion, finding balance in our connections, and the transformative power of intentional focus. Stay tuned for a remarkable journey towards conscious living and the unlimited possibilities it brings. Let's dive in. It's, um, it's brilliant to find more and more the women that I get to meet, I just immediately want to play with. Uh, oh, that's so great. And I use the word play very intentionally because I found that we create best as women when we are more playful. We just seem to evoke a different energy from the universe in and of itself and from yeah. each other. When we come into play instead of, Jackie, come and be on my podcast and, you know, right. do a professional thing. So thank you for saying yes to playing with me today, Jackie. So excited. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm really happy to be here. There is so much, um, man, there is so much wisdom pulsating from you. Um, and I have felt this from the very first hello that I want to somehow honor our listeners in extracting the best wisdom for them in the moment whilst not manipulating the conversation <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on I, board. Think, I think the best place for me to start is with the question that I always start with and that is what does it mean to you to be an unapologetic woman hmm. great question I love I love that when I first saw that and when we were introduced by a colleague of ours I was like "Ooh, I love that Am I one of those? I think I'm one of those, right? So I had that kind of mental dance uh, when I first saw that. Um, you know, I, I guess what it means to me is I have a really clear sense of who I am, uh, what my purpose is, what my mission is, why I'm here, um, what I'm about, what I value, and how I'm going to show up in the world regardless of the external circumstances. Uh, whether the topic is, you know, politics or, you know, my son's soccer game or my business or my marriage, I'm just going to show up the same. Actually, people say that to me a lot when they've seen me speak publicly and then they see me afterwards or chatting like, wow, you're exactly the same on and off stage. And I've always found that a fascinating concept because like, and I say to people, well, there's only one of me. <laughs> this is, this is it. This is all you get. So I guess that's what it means to me to be un unapologetic is I don't have to, I just am who I am um, and I'm clear on who I am and that, and I'm clear on my purpose and that clarity, you know, I, I tell my students when I walk people through a process that gives them that level of clarity and I tell them it gives you a certain level of unfuckableness. So I'm, I'm fairly unfuckwithable, um, you, you know, and, and that's not to be crass. It's just, when when you know who you are, what you stand for, and where you're going, and, and why you're in, on this planet, it gives you a certain level of clarity and light to stand on. I love that. And mm, 
I don't know about you, but for me, it took decades to become, to reclaim, to remember this woman. It was though I was born this cheeky, vibrant, playful, mischievous, curious little girl that just never fit in. And then conformed slowly but surely through conditioning and fear into what I thought people wanted from me in order for me to be liked, in order for me to be pleasing to other people, in order for me to have value, right, in, in this life thing. Until I hit some serious um, ditches in the road, repeatedly, by the way, this was not a one-off event. And slowly but surely, I started going, well, who am I? But who am I? But who am I? And reclaiming all of those parts of myself and then becoming unapologetically myself, not in a um, bullying kind of way of, oh, take me or leave me. <laughs> but just, a, yeah, this is me. What you see is what you get, whether I'm in the queue at the shops or recording a podcast or working with a client or having dinner with my family this is me and it's it was just exhausting to play all the roles um how was the experience for you did you pop out and 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 just be Jackie or did you also have a journey of moving away from Jackie and then moving back towards Jackie it all felt like me uh but certainly different expressions of me um in my earlier life kind of young adulthood into into adult adulthood whatever however you want to define those um i was fairly unwell psychologically um i had a lot of psychiatric diagnoses and medications and treatments and i was um i was addicted and I had an addiction problem so going from you know ptsd post-traumatic stress and depression and adhd and anxiety disorder and addiction um, going through that journey it was definitely me but it was it was a part of me that needed to be I needed to be in the world in a different way like all of it it's always just a search for love you know and um, approval no matter how we show up in the world you know people are just really looking to be accepted and loved and so when I got that, you know, that I am love um, and that we are born in love um, into this universe, I don't mean it that biologically, I mean it spiritually, um, it just changed everything. And I really got very quickly that the source of my misery was me. <laughs> um, despite, you know, having PTSD, that means I went through a certain, you know, cacophony of trauma in my life. You know, but the the source of of my misery was not my trauma. It was me. So when I got that, I was able to then, it's like put on the cloak and the armor of spirit and love and God and um, truth, so that I could kind of shed what was untrue, and uh, and then le really lean into my life being lived for and by a different purpose mm, I have a question yeah yeah because mine was pretty similar um and 
when I realized that the source of my suffering, my, the source of my misery was me, there was two parts to it. There was the, the conditions, critical, oh my God, what are you doing, Al? You should know better, blah, 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 parts. And then there was, I had to learn compassion. I had to learn, well, no, no, no. I get to be compassionate with myself. I get to be appreciative of myself. I get to be acceptable of myself, accepting of myself. And even that was a journey for me. What was some of the process for you? Because it just sounds like you went on a journey as well of recognizing and instead of becoming your own worst enemy, because you identified yourself as the enemy, you became your best friend. Can you speak a little bit into that for me? It's interesting. I um, I definitely went through a hearty phase of being the enemy. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> say it started with compassion and self-love. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, that's still a work in progress, I would say. Um, but I don't think of it as myself, honestly. I guess that's the easiest answer. My my whole focus is to be what I call my God self on earth. Mm-hmm. So subjugating the personality, the opinions, the preferences, the, the you know, kind of petty day-to-day needs for the the truth of who I am, which is divinity incarnated to be expressed in this world in whatever way. Um, as you said, at the in the grocery store line or uh, you know, at a sports event, playing racquetball, playing basketball. I, I love to be out and doing things. Tonight it's pickleball. Um, you know, bringing forth that highest and best. I just picked up my dog from doggy daycare before uh, you and I got on here. And I walked in I, I, and I, I had this feeling. I put my hand on the door to enter. And I thought, here's another opportunity to bring light and love to the world. So, so that's kind of, you know, so walking in to pick up my dog at doggy daycare. Um, the me of me is like, yeah, one more thing to do. And I got to get the dog and get back to L. I could have that experience, but I didn't, I I had the experience of divinity expressed in this world. So when people say to me like, oh, hi, Jackie, how are you? I always say I'm happy or I'll say I'm happy and blessed. And people are like, wow. And I'm like, well, there's an opportunity to bring more light and love into the world. Yeah. And I just want to give this to our listeners because I know as women, we can be super critical of ourselves. And I think sometimes people listen to the podcast and they go, oh my God, she's got it all figured out. And she's like this 24 seven, 365 days of the year. Um, And I know for me, myself and I, I am still very human. I am still having a very human experience. I have my ups. I have my downs. I have my tears. I have my fears. I still... I'm still having a human experience. I'm just having a more conscious human experience. And I am choosing more intentionally more of the time. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it can be so easy to listen to us and to go, oh, wow. Okay, so Jackie is just always like this. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely still, yeah. I mean, I have self-defeating, self-deprecating thoughts and feelings every day. I just don't empower them. Speaking to that, I just don't empower them. Speaking to that for our listeners. And what exactly do you mean by that? So, I mean, part of this is I was a therapist for 30 years and I've been a coach for 30 years. That's all I've ever done is examine the human condition. 
So I have hundreds of thousands of hours of listening to human beings talk about their inner world. So that experience has given me an extraordinarily broad and deep perspective into the human condition. So I really get, I've coached billionaires and I've done humanitarian uh, missionary work in the you know, poorest of poor countries. Um, and everyone has the same kind of inner process and narrative of, uh, you know, I'm not good enough. Somebody's going to find out and I have to protect you know, people from, from seeing my fail, my failings. So when I have my own experience of that, I, I literally just chalk it up to there's, you know, there's my human experience. <laughs> and, you know, my goal is to not, you've heard the expression, I think it was, um, Deschardins, Deschardins, who said, um, we're not, human beings having a spiritual experience where spiritual beings having a human experience. I, my goal is I want to be a spiritual being having a spiritual experience. And let's take the human part right out. Now I understand I'm incarnated in the physical and I want to eat pizza and have sex and go out for ice cream and enjoy all of the things that human beings are here to enjoy. Um, absolutely. But not the, um, not the proclivities and the domination of the ego. Mm. so that's where I want to like separate like I can choose how we're, I'm always being lived by something and you know you've probably heard I'm being lived by faith or fear or love or fear and I, I kind of look at it am I being loved by my my ego my human nature or by my essence which is my spiritual divinity and so I'm always just in that dance you know and sure if I'm tired or you know, have too much to do that my my ability to subjugate the human condition is less. But generally, this is, uh, you know, I have like, so I will say again, I have disempowering thoughts and emotions every single day. So for those, you know, long history of chronic depression, I do not wake up in the morning like, yes, let me go change the world. You know, uh, mornings are still really difficult for me. But once I'm like kind of centered and into my day and do my spiritual practice, and um, I'm just, yeah, I'm I'm clear on why I'm here, and uh, and I want to privilege my spiritual experience in life. I love that. I love that. I play games with myself. <laughs> why wouldn't yeah. I? <laughs> You know, and, and part of the games is um, the voices in my head, as I call them, yeah. and being very yeah. conscious of them and having full out conversations in my head. And for the most part, laughing, for the most part, having an amazing Absolutely. sense of humor of, oh, my God, Al, okay, let's go down this. And then every now and again, like this weekend, I was out um, hiking with my partner and I had the conversation out loud. <laughs> allowing him privy to the voices in my head and he eventually stopped and he goes oh my god are you even listening to yourself he goes these are all the things that you help other people with and and yet you are having this debate and I go yeah but that's the thing is whatever I'm supporting others with I'm still having those experiences as well and when you are more conscious about them, I think you have them in a different way in that mm -hmm. I, I no longer try and hide the fact 
that I have screwed up thoughts and beliefs that I am constantly working on. I'm no longer attempting to hide that from myself and I'm no longer attempting to hide it from other people um, to get caught out, you know, which is one of those huge fears, especially as achievers that we have. But then I have playfulness with this now. I've really learned to grow down. I think I've really learned to grow down in this lifetime. Because I just look at grown-ups and for the most part, they're so serious about everything and they're not extraordinarily happy because of that. Mm -hmm. I find the more grown down I am and allow myself to be and be mm -hmm. this little playful girl on the inside and then come into rooms with, with adults, as I call it, and I go, oh my God, I get to play with the adults today. I'm so excited. <laughs> has really benefited me in, in amazing ways. We talk about mm -hmm. spirituality and we talk about consciousness and we talk about our God selves, which I know for a lot of people is a huge trigger due to the conditioning that we have of God and self and that you know we have such a subservient role or anyways, that was how I was brought up um, in my household. And it took me a long time to understand that, no, no, God's source is me. I am God's source. The drop is the ocean and the ocean is the drop. When you speak of your God self, what is the understanding that you have of that, that we can share with our listeners to assist them in calibrating to their truth of who they are? Sure. So the definition I use for God is the animating life force energy behind all things. So um, God is, in the unity tradition, we say there is no spot where God is not. So God is an energy, not a white man with a beard in a cloud. Um, you know, the white man with a beard is Santa Claus, not God. Thank you very much. So I don't have this externalized uh, patriarchal view of God. I, I don't necessarily have a feminine view of God. I don't have a, a human view of God. Um, so I haven't, you know, made that some, what do you call it? Anthropomorphize. I haven't done that, um, turned God into a, a person. God is the energy behind all life. Now, there have been people who we look to as representations of God, be it, you know, Buddha or Muhammad or Christ. So there are people that we say have incarnated God, but, you know, we all have incarnated God, whether we are conscious of it or not. So when I talk about being my God self on earth, God is life and love and sustenance and and sure i study the spiritual um, texts of of what mm, how to live a, a more god-centric life and be a more god-centric person um and to me that's what i strive for uh you know being loving being accepting being faith-filled rather than afraid um you know really doing all that I can to sustain life. That's kind of how I think of God. God is life, sustaining life, the energy of life. So I I want and I seek for my energy to match that, that when wherever I go, life itself is lifted up. 
Hmm. Wherever I go, life itself is lifted up. Now I fail on a regular basis, mind you, <laughs> but that is, you know, that is, you know, today I succeeded when I went to pick up my dog at the dog park or at, at doggy daycare, put my hand on that doorknob. And as I'm opening it, I thought this is an opportunity for me to bring light and love to the world. So that's an example of how that translates, um, mm. you know, talking to my teenage son about his homework and cleaning up the house because he's leaving his stuff everywhere. You know, it's about 50, 50 there. <laughs> truth be told and if he were here he'd say it's less than that so yeah <laughs> yeah I I have to laugh because I raised my two boys and then I was like oh I'm done with this mother's stuff I I survived they survived so proud of myself never again and then fell in love with a man who has two mini versions of my boys and I'm kind of oh wow having a different experience um of 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 parenthood so to speak um yeah. let's rather say the privilege of of being uh supportive of the development of another being in this human body um but so I have to laugh because I look at myself and I'm so much more patient and I'm so much more present and I'm so much more um, appreciative instead of thinking, oh, my God, I have to I have to train them into being good men one day and train them in being successful one day. Um, and then witnessing the frustration of my partner because he's still going through the first parenthood experience for himself and trying to get it right yeah instead yeah. of honey we can't get this wrong you know they they are independent thinking beings having yes. their own life experience um, own, own but own they can learn how to make their beds <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Step into a world where empowerment meets artistry. Welcome to the Unapologetic Women Empowerment Magazine, a celebration of your strength, wisdom, and unapologetic journey through life. Immerse yourself in thought-provoking articles, powerful insights, and personal stories crafted for the conscious, soulful woman. Each page is a brushstroke of inspiration, a masterpiece of unapologetic living. Join the movement of empowered women where your essence is honored, your voice is cherished, and your power is celebrated. Discover a magazine that celebrates you. Visit our website at unapologetic-women.com to explore more. It's time to unleash your potential with the Unapologetic Women Empowerment Magazine. Which brings us to another interesting thought for me. In that, how do I want to phrase this? I have witnessed a tendency, especially for those of us who have been called to be in the professional development area, let's say, let's call it that way, um, to have created templates of what we believe um makes good leaders good people good this good that and right now what i'm witnessing is that people are templating over people 
with good intention, right? Saying that I can help you to be a better you. Except it's not a better you, it's a better construct of you as represented by my templates. I'd like us to speak a little bit into that, into how do we start holding our own frequency um, without judging the frequency of others and feeling the need to change it. Hmm. Interesting thought. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know that we can, I don't think we can change the frequency of others, but certainly being, being a high consciousness, high frequency, high vibration person, bringing that to others in and of itself changes their vibration. Mm -hmm. David Hawkins, who was one of the early pioneers of consciousness science and research, he says that one person who's vibrating, resonating at a high enough consciousness can mitigate or neutralize the low consciousness of an entire city. Um, so, you know, you've, you've got a lot there in that statement. So there's the templates, the way coaching is kind of done today, which you and I were talking earlier this week. It's not really coaching, it's more teaching, it's it's education, it's teaching a formula, a format. And, and some people, you know, I, I do have programs that I teach, but I deliver them live where I get to coach people around the, the content, um, which is very different than, you know, a lot of coaching today or what they call coaching is, you know, digital programs or, uh, you know, an online program with 200 people or, uh, and that's just not coaching. It's it's fine. It has its place. It's education, and education is valuable. Uh, but education does not create transformation. Um, it's knowledge applied and integrated into your very being that creates transformation. And in my experience, that only happens. That may not be true, but it's where I'm going to stand right now. That only happens in relationship with a change agent, a therapist a spouse, a 12-step sponsor, a minister, a coach. You know, it, we are relational beings. In fact, I'm reading um, a book right now about the 80-year longitudinal study from Harvard University in uh, longevity and well-being, happiness, longevity and well-being. And if you boil down that 80-year study to one factor that creates happiness, longevity, and well-being, it is relationships. Mm. We are relational beings. So the way this industry has gone, the coaching industry has gone into kind of everything being di being digitized. Look, I certainly appreciate that. I have, you know, you and I, you're in New Zealand and I'm in the US and, you know, we can connect and talk and I've, my programs have people from all over the world that join them. I love that. At the same time, people need to understand if they want a deep level of, of transformation, changing their frequency, uh, it's probably not going to happen by just listening to a, a you know an online program. It it requires engaging with someone or yourself. But even that, you know, I can't think of you know the the work I've done on myself. You know, people are like, how have you done what you've done? I was like, well, I worked harder on myself than anyone I know. At one point, I was in individual therapy, couples therapy, meeting with my sponsor, going to twelve step programs several times a week, going to church, meeting with my minister. So I had multiple change agents involved in my transformation from, I like to say, hot mess to happy and blessed, um, you know, homeless, <laughs> domestic violence relationship, you know, just depressed and trauma ridden and, you know, to where I am today, just, you know, happy, healthy, wealthy, healed and whole. 
Um, that's kind of how I see it today. So I, I guess that's an answer. You know, I certainly don't judge wherever people's vibration is. We've all come into this life with a vibrational frequency that is God. And, you know, God has many colors. Um, so, and, and I also believe our purpose in life is to grow in consciousness back to the divinity from which we came. Mm. So that person that was born uh, into this world with a lower vibration and, you know, like I was creating a lot of trauma and a lot of difficulty and, uh, you know, having all kinds of messes in my life. The purpose of my life was to go through that experience to rise in consciousness to the level of divinity from which I came. And it's still my purpose. I'm nowhere near living as, you know, an enlightened master or or like truly living my divinity, feeling it, knowing it, breathing it in each and every moment of my day. Nowhere near that. So it's still my life purpose to grow in consciousness, to raise my frequency and vibration to the level of divinity from which we all came. I love that. I always say I'm not dead yet, so I'm not done yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I say that to my mom. My mom is 86 <laughs> and has dementia and she's nasty and un unhappy. And I'll just be like, mom, look, you're not dead yet. <laughs> as long as you're still here, we might as well make something good of it. Yes. I love that you use the word change agents as well. And I'm kind of wondering, um, because that brings to mind to me and, and the relation piece, right? So when, what's coming to mind to me is... If I'm more conscious of the fact that everybody that I'm relating to is a change agent in some way, shape or form, because in my relation to them, an interesting thing happens. And I've witnessed this over and over in my personal life. Either their vibration is going to rise or I tend to lower my vibration. And it took me a very long time to realize that if I'm going to be a conscious change agent, if I'm going to set the tone, I have a responsibility to, to not drop my vibration anymore. But the trick with that is then allowing people to move out of my space if they don't want to, to raise in their vibration. And mm -hmm. as a woman, as a person, that still hurts sometimes, you know, I think that a lot of the times we use things like, oh, everybody is there for a, a reason, a season, or whatever the other thing is. I think that is almost bypassing the pain that we, we could acknowledge and go, no, actually, that sucks. It sucks. I love you. I didn't want you to just be here for a season um, and then grow beyond that. What are some of the ways that you are observing that we have these little sayings to bypass what's really being going on inside of us. And why are we judging it so harshly when we feel hurt or, you know, when, when we feel all the so-called negative emotions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love what you're saying. I, I teach the same thing that as you grow in consciousness, as you raise your vibration, there are less and less people that will resonate with who you are, how you think, what you believe, just your 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 very uh, vibratory pattern in the world, less and less people will resonate with that. And for a while, as you're on that growth journey, like that can be really troubling. You know, like what's the matter with me? You know, I used to have all these friends, and you know, I used, and and now it, it seems like I have less and less people in my life. So that's I feel like that's definitely part of the path. But as you continue to grow in consciousness, it definitely bothers you less. <laughs> 
us, you know, the, the benefit and the blessing of living a high vibe, high consciousness, you know, kind of happy, fulfilled, meaningful life is so far beyond uh, any of that. So, um, so definitely embracing that. I mean, for me, I see it all in context of this is why we're here and it does get easier. But as you're kind of at the beginning of that ascent, it can be really uncomfortable and similar to you. I've, you know, I've not let go of, but the relationships just dissolve as if, you know, putting a, I don't know, sand in water or something. And it might not be a good, does sand dissolve? It probably doesn't, but you get my point. It, you know, because when, it, when things are not a vibratory match, they will, they will not coalesce any longer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why do we judge low emotions harshly? Um, I, I think because we're on the human plane uh, and the level of consciousness that people have, we, you know, we kind of have this dichotomy of good, bad, right, wrong. Um, you know, and especially again, on the earlier part of the ascension of the spiritual path, people think I should be this way. I shouldn't be this way. I should be happy about this. I shouldn't be, you know, sad or upset or, you know, maybe it's not that black and white and not that concrete, but, you know, it's like, oh, am I okay? If I feel this, you know, the truth is Jesus wept. It's actually the shortest Bible verse in the entire Bible. You know, Jesus felt grief and pain and overturned the tables. So we know Jesus felt anger. So we are here in a human condition. So I guess how I relate to it is, yes, I'm, I embrace the full spectrum of uh, human emotion. I just don't want to be run by it. Mm. So, um, and as you grow in consciousness, it's more like, you know, I, I can see that I'm having this emotional experience without it having me. And inside of that is freedom. Absolutely. One of the reasons I'm so grateful for technology um, is the fact that I get to have conversations with people who get me. You know, you were talking about as we increase in frequency and consciousness, we are less and less relatable to most people. Um, the The flip side of that for me was at one stage I completely um retracted from my physical world and only spent connection time in the online world online not in social media but in zoom rooms where I get to meet people that I can have these rich conversations with and who get it <laughs> now that I'm in a relationship with a man who's very established in the area and has all his friends I have to human again in the physical world, which is an interesting experience for me because what I'm finding is people think I'm weird. And so I almost feel that I'm playing a role again in my physical world of being normal and talking about normal things and then having my consciousness conversations with my people everywhere else in the world yeah do you find that as well and what are some of the ways that you have found works really well to navigate that because it, it almost feels like oh my god am I wearing a mask again am I not being mm -hmm. myself again but I don't want to be unrelatable all the time and people just going I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean it's a real, it's a that's a real thing. So I play basketball and pickleball and racquetball, and you know these are not with people who are showing up on podcasts like this, or you know just kind of people living their lives and doing their thing. And so I took it on like a project. 
because I realized uh, if if I didn't master the art of social chit chat, I would probably not have as good of an experience um, of bringing the light and being my God self. So I um, <clears throat> I spent some time after my racquetball matches when there'd be a bunch of people kind of in the racquetball area and in the lounge, just like sitting back and watching and listening. It's like, oh, that's what people chit chat about. Because one of the things that happens as you grow in consciousness is you're not as inclined to have chit chat. It's just not interesting or <clears throat> whatever. So I was, I began to be perceived as aloof. Mm. Yep. <clears throat> standoffish and I'm not I, I mean I'm really not um but uh but I could understand how I was perceived that way and I didn't want that perception yes. so I took it on like a you know like a project and now hey I can chit chat with the best of them <laughs> so um you know I, I mean it's again in scripture it says there's a time and a place for everything and to everything there is a season and um there is a season for socialization and chit chat and being on the human plane Beautiful, beautiful. Looking at the clock ticking away again, Jackie. Oh my goodness, these are just never long enough for me. What is the one message that you would like our listeners to receive today? I guess the most important thing I would say to people is that there is nothing more important than your inner journey of, uh, you know, kind of living into the truth of who you are, being unapologetic. Um, you know, the, the inner journey is the creative element of life. And, you know, for years when I didn't understand that, and I was still kind of in the messy phase of my life, or, you know, maybe just a little bit out of the messy phase, but it certainly wasn't easy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, I'd be like, oh, so I created all of this. And what do you mean by that? And, you know, so you have to really hear that with the with an appreciation and, and in some ways a spiritual sophistication. So, you know, do I make it rain and do I make it snow and the sun come out and the economies to go up and down? No, but my intention and my vibration are creative. So learn how to use your brain appropriately, training your brain, use your mind, your, your consciousness to train your human faculties is the most important thing you will ever learn. So um, devote yourself to it with wild abandon because, you know, there is no end to the blessings that come from living a life consciously. Yeah, I love that. And, and if there's one thing I want to say to our listeners as well, is it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to feel like a fanny wax. Like it can be playful. It can be joyful. It can be enjoyable. I really want to break this narrative that's going on that inner work is 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 so traumatizing and so hard and so painful it's a choice it's a, it's a choice how we want to experience that and I did the hard and painful for a long time until I start understanding that that's just not how I want to do it and so my inner journey is joyful it's playful it's pleasurable it's childlike it's curious it's um it's compassionate. It has an amazing sense of humor. It is fun for me now to do yeah. work on myself. It is, yeah. I no longer do it because I think I have to be an A student or to prove myself. I'm genuinely curious about myself and what else I can create 
in the those song. are the blessings of, of growing in consciousness that you know there was a time for me that it wasn't pretty it wasn't fun um and it is now i i mean it's not even work I mean, it's just this is how i move and breathe and it's so joyful that's that's exactly what i meant the the fruits and the blessings of you know doing this journey this inner journey of becoming uh the truth of who you are uncovering the truth of who you are knowing yourself deeply as your god self there it's just ridiculously fun and rich and joyful and yeah it, absolutely and i don't do like i don't do that kind of deep healing work with my clients any longer it's in any of my programs and my one-on-one -on -one work i just don't do it because i don't believe we have to and that's a whole that's, that's a topic for a whole other podcast a, a whole teaching on, around that of why i say that but oh. it doesn't Honey, I'm 100% with you <laughs> and always find it amazing when people still don't get that piece. Um, but well, then I those, I think that, yes. I think that piece is pretty new. Yes. You know, you and I both kind of did the deep, hard and ugly because that was the phase of evolutionary development that we as human beings were in. Yeah. We're relatively the same age, I'm assuming. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and today, I don't, I, you know, we're in a jump time of human evolution consciousness. We are in an absolute jump time where things were kind of the same and the same and the same. And remember around the 80s, there was that whole, um, oh, courage to heal. And everybody was coming out as survivors of sexual trauma. And, and again, it's not to poo-poo that. I was one of them. So, um, but it, that was like dark and hard and, you know, opening the heart workshops where you'd pound on pillows and do the primal scream. That was part of conscious evolution. That was the consciousness going through that phase to bring us to a different day. And we're in that different day. And it is a beautiful day. And, and nothing gives me greater joy than when somebody is disbelieving and then decide to lean into it and then find not only is it true, but everything changes in quantum time almost. Like when you choose forward when you choose joy when you choose faith when you choose consciousness hmm man all right miracles is all i can say what we what we say as miracles in in our human experience is what we get to live on a daily basis jackie honey oh my god such a good conversation thank you so much yeah. and again there's so many places that this conversation could still go um, Let's do it. Uh, well, a yes, um, and B, I want to invite our listeners to to listen to this one twice. There are so many little nuances, um, and I, I almost want to say it, listen to it as a background music, and then mm -hmm. listen to it consciously because the background music will calibrate certain things without you having to pay attention to it. I think that's the power of true consciousness work, right? It's people don't have to be so focused anymore. They calibrate anyways because of the frequency that we hold and the words that we intentionally choose. Mm -hmm. And then if there's any questions, if you want to take the, the, the conversation further, put it in the comments down below and um, we can continue the conversation. As always, this is just the beginning. Jack is very new in my world and I'm planning on having her in my world for a long time forever because we are connected forever um and i can't wait for the next one jackie thank you so much for your time my darling and to our listeners thank you for your time 
And always remember that we really do get to live our legacies unleashed, unlimited, and unapologetic. Have an amazing day further. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on another empowering episode of the Unapologetic Woman podcast. We hope you found this conversation as inspiring as we did. Remember, embracing your strength and authenticity is a journey worth taking and we're thrilled to be part of it with you. If you've enjoyed our discussions and found value in the stories we share, we have a favor to ask. Your support means the world to us and there are a couple of simple ways you can make a big difference. First, take a moment to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your words have the power to reach other incredible women like you who are seeking upliftment and insight. By leaving a review, you're helping us create a ripple effect of empowerment that extends far beyond these virtual airwaves. Second, think of the remarkable women in your life who would resonate with our message. Share this podcast with them, whether it's a friend, a family member, a colleague, or even a fellow pioneer you've connected with. Together, we can create a community of unapologetic women who uplift, support, and inspire each other. Stay connected with us on social media at The Unapologetic Women for updates, behind-the-scenes moments, and engaging conversations. We love hearing from you and building this vibrant community together. As we wrap up this episode, remember that your journey matters, your voice is vital, and your impact is immeasurable. Let's continue rewriting the narrative and embracing our unapologetic selves one episode at a time. Thank you for being part of the Unapologetic Women movement. Until next time, stay true to yourself, stay unapologetic and keep dancing to your own tune.